This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Laura here with us today. How's it going, Laura? Hey, it's going great, Harrison. Thanks for having me. Where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from Manhattan. Nice. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of inclusion as a catalyst for diversity. But before we dive into all this, tell us who you are and what you do. So Laura McGee, I'm the founder and CEO of Diversio. We are a people analytics platform that helps organizations measure, quantify, and most importantly, improve both diversity and inclusion in their organization. Perfect. So Let's just dive right in. Can you speak to the importance of inclusion? Maybe we can even start with defining what inclusion means in your mind. Great question. I think this is a term that is often used and thrown around, but, uh, you know, not a ton of understanding at a granular level. What does this mean and how, how can it, frankly, be tracked and measured? So the way that we think about inclusion, you know, if you think about diversity, it's all about who is represented, who mm. is being invited to the party, if you will. When you think about inclusion, that's more about who is being engaged, who is being, you know, sought out for their opinion, who is being approached for their perspective and their opinion, who is being advanced to leadership roles, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of wrap our arms around inclusion as a concept, what we've done at Diversio is we've actually created a set of academically validated metrics that reflect the experience of employees and help organizations really start to measure what this Mm -hmm. means in practice. And so some of those metrics, just in case you're interested, are things like culture, so whether your opinion is sought out and valued by your teams, uh, you know, bias and feedback, so whether you feel that the review process is fair towards you, safe work environment, so is the workplace free from mental, physical, and sexual harassment, uh, and so on. Got it, got it, that makes sense. And, and and when you think about a lot of these, you know, DNI programs or initiatives, right? I think obviously this has been a pretty hot topic and been a very highlighted topic for a lot of companies in the recent years. What are some of the most common problems when it comes to those programs and implementations? Taking a step back, I think the biggest roadblock that we see is that often organizations are implementing programs without really understanding what their problems are. Hmm rather than starting from a place of data and a place of measurement. Organizations and leaders are kind of looking around, reading the news, and really assuming that whatever happens to be, you know, top of inbox that day is is their particular organizational problem. And implementing programs and, and policies to solve that problem without really knowing if that's where they should focus. And so we saw a lot of this. There's a really good study published in HBR, Harvard Business Review, looking at the efficacy and effectiveness of the top three most common diversity programs. Hmm. So things like unconscious bias training and job tests and found that statistically over time, they actually have a negative impact on diversity (laughs) organization. Interesting. Pretty ironic, but I think the idea here is if you're implementing a program without solving your actual problem, you're not going to improve conditions for your employees. And I think there can actually be a backlash because if you're focusing your employees on a particular resource or training, 
uh, and they feel that it's not relevant or they feel that it's not effective, you know, that's not really a good use of anyone's time. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I think defining the problem is something that we've heard. I mean, it's not just DNI, but I, of course, with a lot of different kind of problem solving and solution sets. But I think with DNI, especially, there was such a big rush, especially in the last 12 months, to, oh, let's do something here. Um, that I think maybe a lot of corporations didn't actually spend the time to actually understand what they were trying to solve, like you said. Yeah, exactly. What are some of the best practices to develop a, an inclusive culture at, at these organizations? Anything that you've seen work really well? We always recommend starting by collecting data. So mm -hmm. starting by collecting feedback from employees. And one way that you can do this in, in the process that we use is through an, an anonymous survey. Ours is four minutes. Keeping it short is really critical to getting that honest feedback. But I think, you know, number one is asking a set of questions that reflect that employee's experience. Number two, giving them the opportunity to share their ideas through free text and really give you that, that honest feedback. Yeah. And then number three is, and this is really important, and it sounds obvious when you say it, but it's, it's not common in practice, is really disaggregating that data. Mm -hmm. and looking at differences between groups in the organization. So, for example, if you're asking employees, do you experience harassment or have you experienced harassment in the workplace? Segment out women's responses, segment out racial and ethnic minorities, signal out the LGBT community, and see if there's differences. Right. And so what we often find is if you look at the average response, many companies, 9 out of 10 employees, are saying, this workplace is free from harassment. But when you disaggregate the data, those numbers are being impacted because white men in the organization feel it's quite safe, but minorities in the organization are, are telling a completely different story. Right. So I think step one is understanding, you know, among those metrics, where are the specific problems? And then in terms of specific best practices, we've seen some really creative and innovative and really high impact solutions that really target those specific hot points. So I think one example that I really like is many organizations struggle to recruit and hire mm -hmm. diverse talent. And so what I've seen one organization do that worked really well is they identified that was a problem in particular for racial minorities and the LGBT community. They uh, used a program that helped them take the bias out of their job postings and really create more inclusive descriptions of the role and, and, and what skills were required. And then they went out and they engaged with those communities on the ground, so really networked with the, with the community. They ended up doubling their recruitment numbers for those groups specifically. And what they've done is, after creating, of course, a really inclusive environment for them to advance, and that, that was another priority, They've now taken that advantage that they've developed and that culture that they've created, and they're using it to further improve their reputation and further mm -hmm. recruit from diverse groups. Gotcha. And, and yeah, I think when you talk about the disaggregation of the data, it's very important because you may have out of your 100 employees, you have 10 people who are women. And if the survey comes back saying, hey, only 10% of your people think it's unsafe, well, maybe all women. <laughs> that, that makes absolute sense. And I really like your, you know, the initiative, that specific initiative that you talked about. I have a friend of mine who started this company around broadening the DNI funnel for recruiting purposes using scholarships. So I think there's a lot of cool ideas. Right. I think the other thing, just another example, the other thing that we see, especially as companies grow and, and they become more complex with different departments and business units is 
it's really common to have different problems in different areas of the business. So the cultural problems faced by your sales team are often quite different than the problems faced by, by your tech or your engineering team. Mm. And so just kind of extrapolating from, for the tech sector, which I think, you know, some of the folks listening might be part of, we often see that mentorship and sponsorship are, are problems for women in, in organizations, in particular in engineering. And so some of the interesting, I think, solutions for that are, you know, designing really thoughtful mentorship programs that really involve leadership. So it's not just about necessarily pairing women with other women. It's more so about getting those junior women matched with it and building relationships with executives. Right. And really kind of seeing that career path and and frankly, getting the executives help in, in making that happen. But on the flip side, we often find that on other metrics, so for example, inclusive culture, we find that some racial and ethnic minorities often feel less included and they feel less likely to have their opinion really sought out by their team. And so some of the solutions to make sure that those groups feel, you know, equally included is take advantage of online platforms, for example, for more introverted folks who may not feel as welcome to share their thoughts in in live discussion. And so there's some really cool platforms out there that can help with that as well. Awesome. So we've talked a decent amount about metrics, and I know that's like a big component of what you do. When you think about, I guess my, I have two questions, right? One is, are there any other metrics that are like really key and critical in your mind that people should be thinking about? That's number one. And second is, what kind of impact do you see, you know, with successful programs and su- successful efforts from a DNI perspective? Right. So in terms of metrics, I like to keep it really quite simple. So from a diversity perspective, the most important metrics are overall organizational diversity, but also diversity by role. So looking at the executive level in particular, which is the most correlated to business performance Mm. and all of the levels leading up to that role. So that's kind of diversity KPIs that we typically recommend. On the flip side with inclusion, the ones that we look at do look at things like, you know, um, engagement and contribution, safety in the workplace, flexibility, career development, et cetera. And so I think isolating five to 10 of those and tracking them, again, in a disaggregated scorecard, that tends to drive really meaningful action. Right. In terms of business performance metrics, I will say the ones that tend to be most impacted, at least in the near term, are things like employee attraction. Hmm. So once you've really developed that reputation for inclusion and you have employees who can speak to that authentically, that helps you close, frankly, new employees, because we know that 42% of millennials and Gen Z are really prioritizing inclusion when they pick a workplace. It also helps, of course, with retention, especially of diverse employees who tend to attrit at a much higher rate. And I think the you know most obvious and, and age-old is avoiding a scandal and avoiding a lawsuit. Right. Because I think we know, I mean, we've all seen the news, nothing can bring a company down faster than a diversity-related scandal. Yeah. And it's really fascinating, even just from my personal perspective of, you know, recruiting for internships and, you know, starting out my career out of university. DNI wasn't something that I explicitly considered or was marketed to, you know, from these companies, right? And I think a lot of generations who come around my time or even before us, I think are kind of like, oh, like, is that a real thing? And I think it's absolutely a real thing, right? And I think it's easy to under 
estimate the impact that this has. And I love the fact that you brought this up in terms of this will, in the short term, actually, it's one of the things that will get affected the quickest um, is around recruiting and the, the yields of your recruiting. Yeah. And, you know, I'll pick up on that, Harrison, if, if I can, I think yeah, yeah. it really is a new world. Yeah. And I think, you know, in my, because I followed the same journey as you did, really right. the, the public conversation around this, the public discourse has completely evolved. And right. I do believe Me Too started a new, mm. almost like a new uh, era for diversity and inclusion and Black Lives Matter absolutely accelerated it. And so I think what we're seeing is, of course, within the media, but also at executive level tables and investor tables, like they're really, really looking under the hood on, on this topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think quite relevant, especially for technology companies or anyone that relies on raising capital, we do a lot of work in the investor space. And what we help venture capital and private equity firms do is, and these are performance oriented organizations, as we say, look, right. This is a risk factor for you within your portfolio. It's also a value creation opportunity. Each company has an opportunity to perform better by creating more inclusion and more diversity. But also you are exposed if any of those companies are at risk. Yeah. If they're not taking this seriously, if they're not creating that culture, and then somebody goes on Twitter and that tweet goes viral, you know, as I mentioned, nothing can bring a company down faster. And they yeah. These investors really believe that. So I think the pressure is coming not just from the public. It's coming not just from employees. It's increasingly coming from, frankly, the capital owners. And that's the lifeblood in many ways of the tech sector. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. One other question for you. Any trends or movements you see in the overall DNI topics that you've been following or find particularly interesting recently? Anything on your mind? You know, I've got to say, I think the way that social media has has really empowered employees to me is fascinating. Mm. And so I think we saw the most recent example of this just yesterday. I think, you know, Vanity Fair and New York Times covered that a group of Goldman Sachs employees came out and, and, and shared a really seemingly horrifying experience. Um, mm. And that has got, you know, that's really blown up. It's now hit mainstream media. Uh, kind of, I don't know if you've seen, but there's, I've seen quite a bit of chatter about this. And so I think ultimately it's, it's another example of the Google walkout. Right. Where right. employees are feeling empowered, in particular in white collar jobs and, and saying, look, this is important to us. And we know that if we band together and speak with one voice, we'll receive support publicly for this. And so that power dynamic has really shifted. I mean, 20 years ago, employees didn't typically feel empowered. They didn't feel like they had a risk-free way to speak up for these kinds of issues. And and I think we've seen that's really changed. Right. And you think about even just the number of people that are not speaking up, right? So um, it's kind of like, you know, one of those situations where when, when you, when you see it happening, you know, the, the issue is much, much larger, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Oh, it's a canary in the coal mine. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, those are all the you know big questions that I had. Um, thank you for your time, Laura. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Yeah, if you can visit us at www.diversio.com. We've got resources, thought leadership, and we're always happy to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. This was really insightful. Thanks, Harrison. Everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thanks, Laura.